I'm Vince Roca. Did he say Venti Mocha? And sitting in for the wonderful Michael Hutchinson is comedian extraordinaire, producer, worldwide sensation, Tom Ayers. Nice. I, the script for Rocky Horror Picture Show is is shit. Rocky Horror Picture Show is shit. Look at what it, look at you when you say it's shit. That's your opinion. Look what it's done, and look what it's still doing. Fucking, I'm pretty sure later? everybody who goes to see it thinks it's shit too. It's no. just funny. No, to make, it's just there funny are cult followings that people sit up at night till four o'clock in the morning memorizing that script to go be <laughs> Frankfurter, and he's and. And he's not going, well, this is shit. It doesn't make it good. And by the way, that's actually a great example. Tim Curry, amazing in that role. Shitty movie. Tim Curry's awesome, though. But you're (laughs) saying it's a shitty movie because of the quality? No, it's the structure structure of the the movie, the silliness, the... The the concept of it. So these are all your considerations on it, but it it doesn't back up that it's a shitty movie. Well, let me be clear on this. I am not the end-all, be-all. <laughs> I mean, I realize that uh, there is a movie out there for everybody, and something that I hate, someone else might absolutely love. Geely. But, hold on, wait a minute. Geely is actually not a bad movie. But. You just said. When I'm, in the when same, I'm talking. You want, me to, you want me to agree with you on anything? You just said Rocky Horror Picture Show is a shitty movie. Geely isn't really that bad. Geely really isn't. You Did said you it again. see Geely? You said it again. Geely has probably one of the funniest lines that has ever been uttered in film period let me finish for a second when i say that rocky horror picture show is a shitty script or Mm. a shitty movie Mm. or when i say um uh batman is a shitty that particular batman was shitty by the current i shouldn't even say current by the all-time conventions of storytelling script layout um movie presentation they're bad. They're, they don't adhere to the rules of storytelling that have been around since cave times that are taught in film school. Okay. Look, one of my all time favorite movies is back to the future. It's got its problems, but I absolutely adore it. I'm sure there's somebody out there who thinks that George Clooney's Batman is the fucking best thing that ever existed. And that's fine for them. But because I love back to the future, doesn't mean it's the world's most perfect script. The script it, it probably has problems. I can't see them, but if someone else presented them to me, but, I could probably be no, like, but, no, but now that. we're talking about art. We're talking about an art artistic- is subjective, but right. there is still a, f- so you Wait can't say that it's the best just as much as you can't say it's shitty. You can't take a blank piece of canvas, put it on the wall, cut it into different sizes and call it art. You have to apply paint or something <laughs> to it. To make there is a rule, there is a structure. But you can say that the cutting of it is art. That the cutting of the canvas. Yes. Someone could cut different shapes of canvases, yes. put them up on the wall, and, and that could be art. their art. Right. But how would you differentiate their art from someone else? By, by <laughs> he only the uses person, seventy degree angles. By the person that is viewing the art. That's what makes it art. Have you seen Geely? No, I haven't. Okay, then fuck you. Geely. Yes. I, I was trying to get away from that. Geely was a movie that was plagued by Benefer. Um, and it's really sad because it's not a really it's not, not a horrendous movie. Right, I gotta see Geely. Glitter that came out at the same time as Geely, starring Mariah Carey, is a horrendous, unwatchable 
movie. Now, I, I have to say, hold on a second. Now, there you go. You're saying that that's a bad movie, but you're also saying that, would you say that it fits the same category as Rocky Horror Picture Show? Glitter? Yeah. It could. People could gather. That is bizarre to me. So now you tell me something. How many people across the country on a Friday night are showing glitter and playing out all the parts of glitter and inviting their friends and families to come in movie theaters every single Friday night for the month, for for a month, for two months, for three months, for a year, for two year runs. Mm Mm-hmm. How many how many people are doing that with glitter? Uh, I don't know, but do you I'm would you say that, one person is doing it? I have no idea. Would you say ten? I don't know. I, I so don't know. If would you say is. maybe zero? I'm saying glitter has the potential. Zero. Glitter has the potential for being that, but it's probably zero. What do you mean it has the potential for being that? It's so bad that it has the potential to be shown as a midnight so, screening and made fun of. So you because that's what that everybody's doing at Rocky Horror. They're making you, fun of it. Then you have to. I, I've I been have there. a group of people that you have to meet and go hang out with them and see if they're making fun of it or if they're idolizing it. Um, there's, okay, there's a difference. All right, and well, you're assuming that they're making fun and they're not. They're idolizing. I'm gonna guess if these people are idolizing Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, and you introduce me to them, I'm gonna have a fun time. And in my head, I'm going to be making fun of them. And at the end of the night, I'm never going to talk to any of these people again because I have nothing in common with them. Um, I work in Hollywood. I yeah. walk, and every day at lunch, uh, I often go for a walk. I leave the building, I grab Starbucks or a hamburger at Jack in a Box, and I walk down Hollywood Boulevard. One day, I made it all the way from my work to Hollywood and Highland, which is Vine to Hollywood and Highland mm. and back during a lunch hour. Most yeah. of the time, I don't make it that far. Um, so I get to interact with many people who are talking to walls, wearing Superman costumes, and they love and believe in what they do. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> no, but that's so different. just because someone loves Rocky Horror doesn't First mean... First of all, you're talking about something that landed in a cult following that is bigger than you and I can understand. That's how big Rocky Horror Picture Show but is. For some reason, why do you... So you, to you, that makes it good by default? I, I'm, not, I'm not saying good or bad. I'm saying that it's art and people... It's your opinion and what... Uh, I'm not even talking about art. That. I'm simply talking about whether it's good or bad. I think it's fun. I think it's... Um, as far as the quality goes, um, it doesn't match the the last tent pole picture. It, it's it's not meant to. It's a low budget um, piece that's tongue in cheek, that's acted out, and it's done perfectly. That, but it's done perfectly. It was it's bad done. when it was made. It was not. It was not a huge success. Rocky You're, Horror was not like. No, I, I know that it didn't. It didn't kill in the um, in the box offices. The do you masses know, didn't run after do it. Do you know how many stars came out of that picture? The, uh, two. Meatloaf doesn't really count. He was already a star. Did, was he? <laughs> yeah, I think he was already a musician at the time that he was in it. You got Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, and Meatloaf. And Susan Sarandon runs around in her bra, which is very entertaining. But does again Dude, just doesn't make it a good movie. But the thing is, you're eaten up here. Uh, something that is so much bigger than if you could have a tenth of the success that that movie has created, uh-huh. you would be fucking psyched. There is a current movie going around that is on its way to be a companion to Rocky Horror. Hmm. Have you heard of The Room? No. The Room is a movie that was made by Tommy Wazizo, 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 whatever, something like that. 
the room, Tommy, here's a, a quick version of the story. The guy wrote this script and acted it in himself, filled with love scenes. He is a foreigner, although I shouldn't even say that. He claims to be American, but you watch him and you swear that English is a second language. His voice is just so messed up. Um, it is so terribly shot, terribly acted, terribly assembled, nonsensical, just a strange movie. And Tommy went around uh, trying to sell the movie. Nobody wanted to buy it. So he started four-walling it, and he would tour with the movie. Um, and it somehow built a cult following. And where it really got its interest was – I, it's like Will Ferrell or Paul Rudd or one of those guys saw it and laughed hysterically at how terrible it was and began bringing people to go see the room. And this became like a joke. Like, See, I, I, you, I have you, a hard time because I, wait, wait, I know how you feel yet. about We're not there yet. Hold right, on, hold on. on. You don't know the whole story yet. All right. This is what allegedly led to where the room allegedly, is Allegedly, but go ahead. Um, so people would drag friends to go see the room and think that you were going to see something good. And the joke was that I drug you to see this shitty movie, the room. Well, and Paul Rudd and those, that clan has openly spoken that anytime the room is in town for a midnight screening, they go, I mean, they, they've talked about how much they adore the room and love the room. Um, so Tommy, uh, there was a point where he was really angry at this backlash because Tommy was convinced that he had made a good movie um, and that people were making fun of it. And he didn't, he didn't, you could tell that he didn't quite understand. Like there is a change. If you go back and watch things were, that were written that he said and wrote way back then to now, he wasn't in on the joke. Mm. Now Tommy's in on the joke and he, you know, he tours with the movies, made a fortune with the movie. Um, he answers all the you know funny questions and plays along and everything is good. They do play the movie and he does a Q&A, usually midnight screening, still a four wall. It's probably made more money than any other fucking independent movie except for, you know, Deep Throat and Rocky Horror. Um, but they do crazy shit. Like uh, throughout the movie, there are many times where uh, he'll have dialogue scenes and people are throwing a football back and forth. Um no idea where the football came from, why. Like they're in a park tossing a football, chatting. Then they're on a roof tossing a football, chatting. I mean, these scenes are thrown about. So in the theater, people will come and they'll act out the scenes on, on stage. Now it's grown. It's become Rocky Horror-ish. Mm-hmm. It's no longer, ha-ha, I'm going to take you to see the room and the joke's on you as to how bad this, you know, on this movie is. I took you to see a shitty movie. Now it's, let's go see the room. They're going to fucking act it out. It's Rocky Horror style. It's no longer going to see the worst movie ever made. It's going to see everybody take part in the spectacle of the worst movie ever made. And it is fucking bad. I mean, talk about not adhering to any storytelling. It, it's so bad. Well, I don't, I don't know that. I, but it sounds like obviously Rocky Horror has a story. It does. Right. And the room, not so much. It has. I mean, the music that's come out of that has been blockbuster. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, the lead song has, but not many the, of the, the other lead songs. lead song is yeah. mostly what I'm talking about. But, right. um, but I mean, you're, you're talking about um, so many years later, and they're still doing it. I mean, 
you talk to Tim Curry, and Tim Curry will go, holy shit, they're still doing it. You know what I mean? All right. Well, let me ask you, what is better, Rocky Horror Picture Show or Grease? You can't compare. You can't even They're both remotely. musicals. No, you can't They're compare both that. You can, well, oh, all right. What do you think is better, Princess Bride or Young Frankenstein? Now, nobody is performing Grease on a nightly or on a Friday night basis. I mean, I the play. Are, though. The but, play, probably. Yeah. But... No one is performing the movie Grease the it's way that Rocky because you can't you can't compare them. That's why. That's why Wait, they're both musicals from the seventies. No, yet Grease. No one's in a theater every Friday night at midnight performing it and making fun of it. Yet Grease produced once again, way you, more once fucking again, you popular actors saying, and you way saying, more popular music. You keep saying that making fun of it, like you know for a fact that these people are scoffing at the movie. Uh, if they're not, uh, the people in the audience are scoffing at them. I don't know. Do you know there are people that get up on stage and they sing? Uh, okay, here you I've go. I've seen it. Um, um, I, there used to be a little place called Boppers in Stanford, Connecticut. And the waitresses and the waiters would get up and sing songs from Greece. And they would all be wearing the cheerleader with the, the spats. What are they called? The saddle shoes. You know, and the greasers would, they would okay. all get up and they would sing Grease. Mm-hmm. And they would, and they would sing, um, go the Grease Lightning and they would sing, sha la 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 la, whatever the fuck the songs are. Okay. Do you think they were making fun of it? Um, to a certain extent, sure. I don't, I disagree. I'm, by the way, there might be somebody that's made fun of it. I'm not saying, you don't think, uh, 100%. You don't think when people go out to the, uh, Renaissance fair and partake. They aren't. To, okay. <laughs> they aren't to some extent tongue in cheek. I enjoying believe, and making I believe fun of that the. You believe? I believe that you that you're going. Please do not let these people in society be this fried no, that they're going to the Renaissance fair and acting out these roles. And unfortunately, I think you're going to get hurt. But the that thing is, and the Comic-Con, I'm, when they get dressed up like an alien and they go down there, they're being a fucking alien and they're, they're living life large. They're going, oh, this is the best. I have met and know quite a few people who partake in the Renaissance Fair. Yes. And, uh, they, all, and they have full-on costumes that yep. they spend you know, tons of money on and they enjoy it. And they play Dungeons and, Dun- Dungeons and Dragons type mm-hmm. things, the fantasy type stuff. But they are at least all the ones that I have ever met are all very, very realistic as far as this is a lot of fun. This is a lot of amusement and fun. Yeah. I know it's cheeky. It's hokey. It's whatever, but it's fun. It's fun to go do. All right. So they're cool. making fun of it. Um, I think, I mean, I guess on a certain level it is cause you're like, um, yeah, it's, it's something it's like, all right. and maybe I have a better understanding of what you mean by making fun of it because I don't, I look at making fun of it as like scoffing at it, like going, this is stupid. Watch me go be stupid. And I think when they get up and Frankfurter gets up and he puts on his his garter belt and lip, lipstick and he paints his eyes like that, those people that are getting up and doing that are probably – that's the highlight of their life at the time. Uh, yeah. And okay. they're going, this is who I really am. Yeah. This is and, – and just like, by the way – Philip Seymour Hoffman or, or, um, Joaquin. Uh, no, not because you can't say his name. Um, 
um, Gary Oldman or when Gary Oldman is doing Vampire and he's buying it 100%, do you think he's going, this is fucking stupid? No. No, he's going, I'm going to now be a vampire. This is the way a vampire would be. He has to take that on so you can watch the movie and go, when, uh, when Jack Nicholson is a werewolf, he is a wolf, period. There's no him not being a wolf. So much so that he's so much a wolf that your wife, if he came to the zoo, she would give him drugs. When Gary Ullman performed in Dracula yes. and gave himself completely to the role, yes. he intended on making people believe that he was playing the part that he was playing. And if you sat in the audience and just laughed at his performance as a vampire mm-hmm. and thought it was just a joke, I think that would probably have affected him. Um when Tim Curry took the part that he did, it I mean, on the paper, it was a crazy script to begin with. So Tim Curry, I don't believe, arrived on set and was like, I'm playing somebody, I'm playing a majestic vampire. Tim Curry was like, I'm playing this crazy cross-dressing guy. I'm going to throw my entire self into this role. Did an amazing fucking job at it. When... Joe Bob from down the street gets dressed as Tim Curry and goes down to the new art at midnight and gets on stage and is pretending to be Tim Curry and dancing like Tim Curry. He is, he may or may not be mocking Tim Curry. And in a lot of cases today, I believe there are a bunch of people who are not mocking Tim Curry and are up there dancing because like you say, that is their moment. That is, they are becoming that and that is their greatest thing. Hold on, let me finish. When Tom Ayers and Vince Rocha go, you want to go down to the new art and see see the Rocky Horror Picture Show? We don't go, oh my God, we're going to go see fucking Absolutely. We go, we're going to go see some fucking idiots. This is going to be fucking crazy. Act like morons to a stupid fucking movie. Right. So now put in Joseph Windowski. I think. Am I looking on IMDb? Window of of the Sky. Windowski? He is somebody that helped us out with a benefit. Um, Nicole and I were doing a benefit. Um, am I am I IMDBing this guy? I, I, IMDB or just Google him. Joseph Windowski. Windowski? When, windows of the Sky. I think Windows of the Sky is the... Um, anyway. Why are you doing that? Um, he helped us out and he sang Comfortably Numb on, with the guitar. He did one of the best renditions of, of Comfortably Numb that I have ever heard. I just I loved what he did. Now, that's it. Okay. He That's a guy? Yes. Wow. He sits in and does um Frankfurt Frankenfurter. Okay. That dude is not Bob from around here that could, that's going to go and make fun of him. He's living that fucking role just okay. like Gary Oldman lived the vampire, just like Sean Penn does a cop from uh, So you're Irish telling cop. me he goes at every whatever when he goes at midnight to go to the new art and pretend to be Frankfurt and gets up there and performs and the audience is laughing. 
he he he's making them laugh. He's they're not laughing at him like you know. I'm for, for what he's doing is he's controlling the audience. Um, did you see Philip Seymour Hoffman flawless? Did you see that? Wait a minute. I'm, Does he that, think he's performing so perfectly? Absolutely. That they are laughing because he is a clone of Curry on screen? Wait, or why, why? does he think he is hamming this up so much that they're laughing at how ridiculous this all is? Absolutely the first one, not the second one. Absolutely without question. Okay. You have got to start to entertain the thought that maybe he's doing it. So then let me throw this out there Okay, to you. He is delusional. Wrong. <laughs> he, is, he is being a character. Um. But he's delusional if he thinks the audience is just like, well, oh, my first God, of all, you're better than Curry. Okay, no. If he walks up on stage and he goes like this and trips off of his heel, I just kind of like, you know, like his ankle twists a little. And he goes, <laughs> and people laugh at him. They are now laughing at him being ridiculous, dressed up, and, and they're going, we share this moment of understanding with you, and we're laughing at it. When he starts to sing, whatever the fucking song is, I don't know. And he's being the guy, and he says something like, and the bitch walks in the room, and everybody laughs. Mm -hmm. Then they're laughing with him being what Tim Curry was. Just because Tim Curry was it before him, what about Shakespeare? What about Hamlet? What about when they laugh when he's doing Hamlet? Do you think that that um, somebody getting up and doing Hamlet, it, people are going, All right, do you really think you're being Hamlet right now? Do you know that people fall asleep Watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I just did a benefit down at the Bellflower Kiwanis Club, and in the middle of me talking about hairspray, a guy fell asleep. What does that mean? Do you know that people fall asleep during this show so often that they are used to it and they fuck with people who have fallen asleep? I think so. There's a danger. Drunk. There's <laughs> a danger of falling asleep during the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and. Uh, but you, you make way, it sound like that's the be all end all of versus, why it's ridiculous. Versus your benefit thing, there's a big difference between. No, they're the same drugs were involved. The guy that falls asleep at the at the benefit, and at, at, I am young, and I am going to go to a midnight screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show in Hollywood. I'm going to drive there. It's going to be midnight. It's Friday night. This is what we're going to do. I'm young. This is going to be fun. Let's go do that. <laughs> As opposed to the benefit that you were at, which was probably like at 8 o'clock at night or something. I am young. I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to go down to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hey, what is that? Percocet? Oh, fuck yeah. Let's take some Percocet. I am old. I'm going to go see this benefit at the Qantas Club. I'm going to watch the comedian. This is going to be funny. Let me take some of that Percocet. So, I was not on Percocet. It gets so boring. It just but does that mean so... that the guy standing there dressed up as Frankenfurter is, is doing this as a as boof wow that word was hard to come up with. I, don't, I don't really know why he's doing it actually <laughs> the truth is he's doing it he's he's getting into character just like de niro got in a character when he did um i don't know how you know that i don't know how you know because that it, well first of all i don't I'm know an, how you're I'm an actor i'm you're 100 percent that he's not spoofing it i'm not i can't it's not the be all end all, but I'm telling you that, that I'm pretty sure that Leslie you Nielsen watch, knew he was making a spoof in airplane, but that's a spoof. So and, sometimes they know. And also he had to get in. He's he, it's like when you, you get up and you do a spoof, you have to be the character. You're going to be, let's say you're going to be Bush in a spoof. 
you have to go be Bush. You can't right. sit there and, and joke around so much about it that you're not the character. Right. So you have to be serious enough to get to it. And by the way, that's one of Jim Carrey's biggest complaints is why when he does the mask, is it any less than watching De Niro do the Godfather? Um, okay. Let's, let's talk about impersonating Bush for a second. Oh, wait a minute. I want to get to what I just said. I, and right. I'll get you there. Okay. I'll get there. When anybody who impersonates Bush, mm-hmm. um, they're never fans. They are always mocking. No, there's a couple. They I, are they are almost always knocking. They they are not like I love Bush is our greatest president and I can mock him perfectly. I have or to I say, can there, pretend a, to be him a, perfectly. A couple. I can't think of names now, right now. There are a few people who like you know. Uh, there are a few people who uh, perform Elvis and do not mock That's Elvis. Are, example, yes. are performing Elvis because they adore Elvis. I got to so be much. honest with you. Most that Those, even want to say, "Oh, I'm mocking they love him, him." They, they love him. They absolutely love him. And you know, they're a little loose. You have a conversation with them. They're a little loose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you are uh, cognizant enough to say. Uh, I'm, I, I think Bush is a fucking idiot. I'm going to go perform him or loose enough to be like, I think Elvis is the best thing ever. I'm going to go perform him. Then I guess you're one of the two to play Frankfurt. Um, so fine, whatever. But the people who go to see that go to laugh at someone, Will Ferrell pretending to be Bush or go to laugh at, or go to be, in, to enjoy, to be amused by some guy pretending to be Elvis. They know in the audience he ain't Elvis. They know that he's not performing Elvis's songs, but they are not laughing hysterically, but they're laughing when he does his hip shake. They're like, oh, he's doing that Elvis thing. And they're enjoying and they're remembering and that's fine, but they're still going. They're not going to be like, they don't go with the same feeling that they did when they went to an Elvis concert. When they went to an Elvis concert and he did the hip shake, they were like, oh, my God. It was so fucking cool that Elvis yeah, did the hip shake. Talking about they, go to watch, they, they go to watch an impersonator perform Elvis and do the hip shake. They're like, that was so cute. He did the hip shake. You're talking about a dangerous now, area, especially Elvis impersonator. I agree especially. with you that what Jim Carrey did with the mask is no different than what Robert De Niro did in The Godfather. But they were laughing at him. They know he was making a joke. And I can even go further in that I believe what Jim Carrey did in The Mask was much better than what Robert De Niro did in The Godfather. Okay. Because, and James Gandolfini just died this past week, and I love The Fucking Sopranos. I love James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano, one of the most badass fucking coolest Slickest motherfuckers that ever exist, but not is is Jim Carrey's performance as in the Mask better than Tony Soprano ever was? Fucking a yeah, because there were a lot of moments during the Mask where you forgot you were watching Jim Carrey. Now here's where someone the, was here, taking on an amazing character. So now here's the question, him. and and Jim Carrey would be right there with you, but now I now I'm taking your argument. People were laughing at him. They know he's not the mask. They're laughing at him. Well, he was doing jokes. It was a comedy. It wasn't. It wasn't Jim Carrey as the mask in a drama. But when now he, the other when movie he was the mask, acting. Wait a minute. The other movie with of the, called the mask. You know which one I'm talking about with Cher and the fucked up kid. Okay, right. also funny, but you can't admit it in public. 
But when I watch that you mask by myself, you I laugh a lot. <laughs> You're a dangerous, dangerous In man. public, though, I go, oh my God. yeah, the kid did a really I good I want to go back to the Jim Carrey thing, and I don't ever want to talk about the other mask, <laughs> ever. Um, Jim, Jim Carrey, in the mask, put the time and the effort into it. Jokes or no jokes, laugh or no laugh, when he went, oh, ladies and gentlemen, he was playing that for fucking keeps. 100%, just like, not more than or less than, just like De Niro, just like Joaquin Phoenix, just like Philip Seymour Hoffman in Flawless, when he's playing a drag queen that's teaching De Niro, I think, to sing, I think it was. And he's playing the piano. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, do you know that? Flawless. Mm-mm. Un- watch that movie because that'll help, not only it'll help bridge the gap of what... Frankfurter, Frankenfurter is, but this dude is playing, uh, I think a, just a transvestite. Yeah, I don't think it's transsexual, but he's playing a guy that looks like Philip Seymour Hoffman dressed and that thinks he's a woman. And it goes so far past that talking to Robert De Niro and helping Robert De Niro, who is basically a homophobe. And they have this, this incredible, I, you're you're already falling asleep. I'm and- lost. I'm lost. But I I mean the only thing that I can keep thinking is uh, Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for nothing. And uh, Patrick that Swayze. That was tongue in cheek, though. No, it wasn't. That was Pat- Patrick Swayze's greatest role. He wanted that so bad. So this is very that much meant, like that. That meant everything to him. And mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze did not un- was very disappointed and did not understand when his performance was not accepted as being nothing less than stellar mm. but everybody who walked in the audience couldn't get over the dirty dancing guy dressed as a chick right. and they were well, flamboyant you get over it you get over it when you watch philip seymour hoffman because he but you I, go back and you watch down here and he you go back like and watch Tu wong fu knowing how important it was to patrick swayze and it takes on a very different uh meaning at the time, you know, we didn't have the internet or any of that. It was a comedy. It was this crazy comedy that right. Patrick That's Swayze what I remember made of you know these transvestites. It, it is not. It is not this crazy comedy. That's um, what I remember. And also why it was a flop because you know audiences didn't know what to do with it. They just thought, why is Patrick Swayze acting like a fag? I mean, yeah. that was the mentality back then. I'm telling you, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Flawless and De Niro's in, and it's it's a great movie and and it's not to be. Uh, it, it's not. It's not to be mocked. It's not to be mocked. It's not no, because you can mock it just like you mock fucking Oblivion or or um, Men of Steel, um, because you take you take out of it what you get out of it, what you want to take from watching that movie. No, right. which is the same thing as putting white squares up on the wall and and saying it's art. You know, you go. That's kind of what it is. Okay. <laughs> But if you watch Philip Seymour Hoffman in Flawless, yeah. and then you watch Joseph Wondusky get up and do um, Frankenfurter, uh-huh. same animal, okay. same exact animal. That guy can handle a crowd that is scoffing at him and laughing at him, not laughing with him. He can handle it because he's a pro. Where Philip Seymour Hoffman, if he was to do a live performance of it and got a whole bunch of people in there scoffing at him and laughing at him, he would probably handle it really well because he's a pro. But just because that's the viewpoint of the person in the audience and not 
the the majority just some of the viewpoint, you know, someone's viewpoint. I don't think you have the majority viewpoint of um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think that you kind of have this like you you chalk it up really quick and you go, ah, it's that, boom, and that's it. And if you go and you see the lives across the country, how big this thing is, is so much bigger than you than I think you know. Um, Am I wrong? I am uh, a producer of numerous films, a writer, a director. Yes. I have written two books and have a weekly podcast. Yes. I'm pretty sure my voice matters. I didn't say your voice doesn't matter. <laughs> I said that you don't. Is, is the voice of the people. No, no, I don't think you I are the touch, people. I, I am d- in touch with the pulse of what America. You, your voice matters. <laughs> it matters when you go, take up. And he shuts up, and it's that's not, it. It's After that, you get nothing. It's not tea what cup. It's tea ka. Tea ka. T i c a. Which is on the way to cup. C a. If she grows another fucking inch, she'll be tea cup. Look, I understand your appreciation of the art and what it takes for someone to do the art, and I think that's most of where your argument is coming from. Because I am dismissing when. I when someone works really hard and I don't like it, mm-hmm. I don't give them a gold star like mommy does for the little kid. I go, that really fucking sucks. I got you, and I got no problem with that. Um, but I think you maybe do. You have a little bit better, deeper of I appreciation. Think maybe I understand it a little bit more because hold on a second. My sister will sit there and dog fucking um, a, a movie like Pirates of the Caribbean fucking six or whatever. She, it, it bothers her so much because they didn't do what they did in the first one. And I'm like, all right, Audrey, relax. They had to make another movie. They mm-hmm. couldn't make the same exact movie, but they didn't do what they did in the first one. And that was the success. And why can't these people just get it? And I'm like, you think that, that the head of the, um, the studio didn't think it through. You think that he went, ah, I don't care what happens with this one. I'm like, they all put their minds together and they all worked really hard toward making this happen. Well, you know? okay. Based on some past Superman sequels, mm. then they were all really fucking stupid or they just went, nah, let's see what happens. Do you think that those are the only two choices that they went? <laughs> eh, let's see what I don't know. Or I mean, sometimes they, were stupid. sometimes they come out with some movies that are really fucking horrendously bad. And I just go, what? See, I'm working on a script right now with a guy and we're like, we're making this guy really edgy and we're trying to make him liked and we're we're going, I don't know. I just feel like he's really edgy right now and that's the way I want to keep him. And my buddy who is getting some help with it and we were looking for help with it, handed it out to people and they're going, no, he's not liked at all. I hate this guy. I don't, Mm -hmm. there's no reason for me to want to watch this show every week. I already don't like the guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how do we fix that? That's easy to fix. That's wrong. No, it's really easy Why to fix. Is that? And it's a mistake. Well, I he know picks up mistake. a puppy and he kisses a puppy. It's, no, it's, it's not that easy. It's I understand cat. that that is a fix in it, but it's not that cut and dry. Otherwise, we would get so sick of people. It's what they did to the sitcom world. They They fucking drowned us in in glib and now nobody wants to watch glib now mm. we want to watch louie instead of watching fucking um but i've seen louie save the cat 
I mean, on a no, you, you're saying something. with television shows, it's a little more I'm not difficult. Not saying that that's an idea in the on first, how to fix it. In the first few episodes, usually your character will save the cat. Um, but in later episodes, not so much because we've already established who these characters are and the core audience knows that, and then you can go with it. But in movies always, I mean, when the, when the scene is missing, uh, I can, I can almost always tell, I can almost always, and I'll pause it. Deanna, I'll be watching a movie and I will quiz her. I'll be like, do you like this character? Do you like that character? Just sort of kind of feeling out and understanding how structure in the movie and whatever works. And the greatest movies in the world, they save the cat. There's you like always, House? Uh, the TV show? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I haven't yeah. started it yet. You, um, but Dexter? I can guarantee. What about Dexter? I, well, I did see, I did watch the first few seasons of Dexter, and Dexter saves the cat because Dexter is a police officer and does solve crimes. And Dexter does kill, at least in the few, first few seasons, he only kills people who deserve to be killed. So it's like Robin Hood, Rob from yeah, the Rich. Yeah, but now he's. he's now, I don't watch the show anymore. All right. But you've already established. You've already saved the cat. Nobody is jumping on. No one's turning on season four of Dexter without someone else pushing him into it and going, oh, I totally love this. I'm totally into it. I didn't watch any of the previous seasons, but man, I really got hooked on four. What about Shameless? Most people, shame, oh, that dude saves the cat all the time. Ooh. The family, the um, uh, William H. Macy. He has, okay, first off, the lead in- You got to tell me one cat story. Hold on. I haven't watched, I haven't his watched son- it in a while pees on him and you and you go uh, he didn't get peed on enough wait a minute his son pees on him but he didn't move out of the way because he knew he nice. fucked up by kid nice. by fucking the kid's daughter or the right. kid's girlfriend right. um so it's things like that so he takes he Shameless takes is insanely awesome he and takes a great his, example. his little son to a camp for cancer he tells his kid that he's going to die of cancer mm-hmm. his eight-year-old son that he's going to die of cancer so he can collect the money mm-hmm. from the government and the kid's crying that he's going to die from cancer, and he plays it all mm-hmm. the way out, and then he brings him home, and he says, oh, I, I cured you. You're not going to mm-hmm. die of cancer mm-hmm. anymore. And you still like this guy. Why? Wait a minute, though. First off, he doesn't save the cat in every episode or in every situation. Um, the peeing on is actually a significant that moment. That was a significant moment in, this, in the uh, series because he did something really fucking bad. Absolutely. But he sat there and took it. But that show started up, and the uh, the lead of the show, I mean, it's William Macy, but structure-wise and story-wise, it's not. It's the daughter. It's the yeah. girl from Phantom of the Opera, yeah. um, who I can't remember her name. It's just terrible because she won and wins a fucking Oscar for Phantom of the Opera and then doesn't work in shit, and, then, and now is on Shameless. And she's great and shameless. But so she is constantly saving the cat. She's the character that you're watching in the first few episodes. Yeah, she but she is can't. battling everything, all of the shit, including her father that is coming yeah. at her. And she is keeping the, the uh, family together. She is the reason you keep watching. And by the way, the name but, of that show is Shameless. They made her shameless too, this last yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They fucking. I, haven't, I watched yeah. the first two seasons or seasons. I don't know. And then I stopped because I stopped getting Showtime. But um and I but I loved it. I just didn't want to fucking pay ten dollars to watch a show. Whatever. I got right. fucking I'll wait until it's on Netflix. Um But so the first few episodes you're watching for her and it in if anything, William Macy is a villain. But then as we go along, each and every one of those characters at some point saves the cat. 
Um, at some point, Liam. At some point, Liam does what's right. At some point, uh, you know, the little boy cleans up his room or whatever. Does what's right. They all. I know, at but some it's point not. Do it's right. not. I mean, you're you're making it sound like here's the structure. You put in saves cat done. Finish, next. And the thing is, it's not. It's yeah, not that. No, it is. no. It I absolutely think is. I. First of all, it's art, and I think that there's a bunch of different ways. It's not like if you go the master, there it, was no saving the cat. Movie was no good. It is not I'm the, not kidding you. The master is, is a not, great example. All right, here you go. Because, here you go. Wait a minute. I want, I want to say that. Because don't, don't, the moment he was a, when he was a photographer and he in and he got into a fight with the guy in the department store and was acting all weird. I remember pausing the movie and looking at Deanne, and I'm like, this guy's a fucking asshole, right? We don't like this guy, do we? And it's very hard to go on okay. the rest of the journey. So now, and that's in the Do you the remember first, the vigilante movies in the 80s? Oh, of course. Okay. So Sylvester Stallone is as Cobra. Uh, um, uh, yeah, but. You're probably going further back to Charles back. Bronson. Yeah, Charles Bronson. Death right. Wish. Okay. So this was the equation. They're and Chuck they had Moore. a guy that looked exactly like you sat there and went, all you have to do is make him hate the guy at the beginning. And then they can spend the rest of the movie hunting him down. And that's what we're going to make a whole fucking movie on. So the first movie is a bunch of bikers and the guy's coming through with his family. And when he pulls up to this old fucking restaurant that's out in the middle of nowhere and all these motorcycles and the guy, he runs into the bathroom, he comes out and the, the bikers are raping his wife and his grandma. They kill the grandmother. And then the little girl, the doll falls out of her hands and the guy cuts her throat, killed off the family. And then they kill the guy. Mm-hmm. And now Charles Bronson comes into town and we spend the rest of the movie, him hunting down all the people that did this fucking terrible thing. Uh-huh. That was the equation it was over in one movie, done. I was sick and tired of watching those movies. There are another fucking 10 coming out, and I'm like, oh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. They're going to show the bad guy do the really terrible thing, mm-hmm. and then we're going to spend the rest of the movie going, get him, get him, get him, get him. I'm not that guy. I'm sorry. I don't want to do that. And the saving the cat lasts for about 15 fucking minutes, and then you, gotta, then you have to do something else. You can't save the cat in the first episode and then have a whole season of not saving the cat and having the guy raping kids. Um, yes, you, you kind of can. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I hate you. I hate. I, I'm going to go on record as saying I hate Vince. You kind of can. Him. And they have done many times. No. Uh, yeah. No. Weeds. Uh, weeds is an unlikable lead. Um, she's not. She doesn't really. She's a terrible mother. She's a drug Californication. dealer. Oh God, so good! <laughs> I would how I would uh, so now, now you back, go now back to Charlie Sheen. How I would love to live my life as Hank <laughs> to write one movie, get paid a bunch of money, drive to broken down Porsche, and just fuck hot women. Oh, Californication, so good. Hank saves the cat. Hank always does what. Wait a minute. Hank always does what's right by his daughter. Always. And then at the end of... It's not that simple. At the end of a season... There's so much more involved than just saving the cat. At the end of, I think it's season First of all, you got to tell me one of these save the cat moments. There is, there is a thing. Because he didn't, he didn't move out of the way when the kid was peeing on him. That was a save the cat moment? Yeah, it was. Get out of here. Now, now, now he's just, whatever sounds good is a save the cat moment. Have you ever read the book, Save the Cat? I highly recommend it. <laughs> I've um, actually, I, I actually, because of this predicament that I'm in with this guy right now, I'm, I've been looking for it. 
It's a fantastic read. I might have it. Yeah. Um, It's a fantastic read, and it makes a lot of sense. The opening scene, I want to say, the opening scene, it's, he's having sex with this woman. Uh And if you listen, like the conversation that they're having sounds like they fucking hate each other and that they're really into it. Uh And that's what's turning them on. Uh But you find out that it's, it's the, like, it's a real fight that they're having. They just happen to be having sex, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. which I've I've never seen that. I thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. for, especially to open the thing. And at the end, she, they're like, oh, so it's like divorce. Did you come? It's kind of yeah, Sibyl but Sibyl. it's like it's really dark. It's really mean. It's like, did you come? Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. I want a divorce. And mm-hmm. they go, and you go, that's really nice at the end of it. And I'm handing it out to people and going, what do you think of that? And I'm expecting them to be like gloating. It's great. And they're like, no, I don't like the guy. And I'm like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Here's Save the Cat. He asks her, did she come? That's a nice thing, right? You'd think if he goes, did you come? That's nice. Save the cat. Um, it can be if it was established that So some maybe point, she should pee on him and he shouldn't move. If it was established at some point that um, he's the only one that, like, if, it, if it's given some sort of importance, it needs a significant. Save the Cat is not simply... The you're you have a terrible character. You have uh, you know, fucking Voldemort from Harry Potter, and he literally reaches up and takes a cat out of the tree and puts it on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a metaphor. It doesn't then that does not a, a absolve right. Voldemort for all of his wrongdoing. Um, in the case of Shameless, uh, what he had done by fucking his daughter's girlfriend was so fucking bad that when his kid pissed on him, he deserved to be pissed on. And he knew that because before it, he's like, he's apologizing from the front of the house up to his kid. And what can I do? How can I make this better? And his kid starts pissing on him and he doesn't move. And that tells you in that moment that he realizes that he deserves to be pissed on, that what he did was really fucking bad. Right. He, I mean, so, he could move and he goes, no, I'm going to give this he to my stays kid. There. Right. Right. So, and he knows that he deserves it. So that tells us that there is some redemption in this character. There is something in this character. He knows the right, right from wrong. He knows what he did was wrong. So, um, and it become, it can become a save the cat moment. doesn't always necessarily, I mean, I, I'd have to go back and watch that particular episode in the case of, uh, the scene that you're talking about if there's a huge significance on orgasm and that this guy is the only guy that could ever give this woman an orgasm. Yeah, it could be, but probably not. It's look, if you have, um, let's say we have a character, we have, uh, Brad Pitt, gorgeous fucking guy, but he's as shallow and just terrible and an awful person. He's like the dude from shameless or like Hank. He's just horrendous. Hank, Hank from California is a great character. If Hank runs into a situation where there is a 22-year-old bald girl dying of cancer and says that she's a virgin and she's kind of ugly, and he throws her a bone and has sex with her, he just saved the cat. Because we've established that Hank has a track record of having sex with gorgeous, amazing women. He certainly doesn't need to do this. We know Hank doesn't need to do this. We know he can do much better. And we know that Hank is shallow. But for a moment, he's like, all right, what's it going to really hurt me? And it's going to, you know, make this girl's day. So fine. 
So there is a sexual scene that actually becomes a save the cat scene. Right. Well, so you need to save the cat, and it's not as simple as having your character I think pick it, up a puppy and you know adopt a puppy or I something. Think like. Although sometimes it is, and it's funny after you read the book when yeah. you're watching movies, it's funny occasionally when they actually save the cat, when they actually take a cat out of a tree or something, and you're just like, oh man, they really went there, <laughs> <laughs> like really just drove it home. Well. I feel like giving giving a woman an orgasm or having an argument with her and then caring whether or not she had an orgasm sounds good to me in the, in, along those lines. Well, but here's the problem that you're also suffering from. Is it, uh, his, is it his own self-esteem that he's trying to – is it a, his own ego he's no, trying to stroke? No, is I, he like, did you have an orgasm? Good. I'm still good at this. I did a good job. I know what the fuck I'm doing. So then it becomes no, selfish think, and it's no, still I, somewhat villainous. No, I, I – I got you, but I, I don't think so. I, I think it's more like, you know, do you want me to finish you off? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, is bizarre in its own self, but it's like him being considerate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In his shallow way, he's attempting to be considerate. There's also usually like a lot of poetry in, um, in, the Dex, in Dexter's case. He's a coroner, right? Or a crime, a seat, blood crime seat, blind, blood scene splatter. So here's a guy who specializes in um, figuring out how things happen based on how messy everything is. Um, But when he goes out and commits crimes, he does it in such, God, it's such a strange way, in such a a beautifully poetic, well-thought-out way. He doesn't go in. He observes how sloppy people are. Well, that's and and he goes in, so he does a hundred and eighty degree difference. So that's Hank, why this is the last season, and that's why this is going has played out because he has done that for three seasons, mm-hmm. and then he started getting dirty. Yeah, and he started getting because they're running out of real estate. They need. They, I mean, the moment that they make that the sister becomes a cop. I mean, it, you know, you're you've jumped the shark. You're well, running, you know what jump now, the shark means, yes, right? No. Okay, um, but. But to to go further, I mean, I don't even think it's as much as her becoming a cop because that was the first episode, wasn't it? I don't know. She doesn't become a cop in first season. No, she's not it's even close. In, second I, second yeah, season, it's like she was second season because I don't even think she's introduced until the end of the first season. We find out that he has a sister. He's just running around committing crimes in the first few episodes, hmm. and you were dealing with just Dexter. And then they were like, some some producer at some studio was like, we need someone cute. We need a cute female. You know that's his real wife? Um, no, it was. I didn't know that. But. They, they divorced in the second year. Not, you know. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, Hank uh, had, okay, Hank had a sex addiction, addiction. We saw that. But he also loved his daughter and was going to Sex Anonymous, S.A., because he was trying to get it under control because the person he loves most in the world is his wife or ex-wife. Right. So he is constantly trying to do what's right, but then he always does what's wrong. Um, In uh, William Macy's case in Shameless, he is constantly doing what's right for him (laughs) and no one else. And occasionally does what's right for someone else or occasionally falls into a situation that it's good for someone else. You know, it's, it's really weird. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm a huge fan of Shameless, and mm-hmm. um, and I I love the idea of 
how do you show shameless in each one of these characters? You know, like mm-hmm. like nobody's absolved from it. Each one of them at some point had is living out shameless. You know, that's why they named it that, and they're staying true to it. And they're it's actually that's where they're finding their storylines, um, as opposed to Californication. You know, like um, something now, else. Have you seen the British version of the show? I have not. Mm, it's not very good. Really? Yeah, but. And I love Macy and I love the girl who plays the lead. And I think our Liam is much better Um, in fairness to them. They were able to watch another person's performance of it and make it better. And they were able to watch someone else's writing of it and make it better. Um, Their version, the UK version of the shameless show is not as gritty as ours is really. Yeah. Ours is much grittier. And, uh, the storyline, like uh, the first season is almost a mirror. Um, oh, and yeah. the second season is very similar. The, the you know, the, all the plot points that happen, he right. moves out with, uh, Kuzak down the street right. and all that Kuzak sort of shit. Fucking great. Yeah, Kuzak is great. She's brilliant, mm-hmm. brilliant in that show. Um, and, but I, again, she had another show to base it off of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a remake um, of something that wasn't great to begin with. And they made it great. So Dexter, one of the um, executive producers on Dexter uh-huh. um, was my next door neighbor for a while. Did you? I, I posted some yeah. stuff on. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, at the apartment. Yeah, yeah. and um, what's really funny is I was joking. I was totally joking around. I wrote that thing on Facebook saying, um, "I'm just proud to say that he lived next to me, and he probably got a lot of his um, psychopathic murder stuff out when." my my girlfriend and I used to fight all the time. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote back, and I don't even know if he wrote it in a private message or anything, uh-huh. but he was like, those days were pretty fucking hairy. And I was like, holy shit, we've never talked about that. Uh-huh. But he's totally like going, yeah, man, that was fucked up. You guys argued all the time. And I was like, I didn't think the walls were that thin, but mm-hmm. hey, pretty heavy duty. Well, he was totally wrong. I mean, look how blissful that turned out. That the girlfriend that wasn't Nicole. That was, oh, that that was, was another the, girl. The girl before uh, okay. Nicole. Well, maybe things would have turned out better with her. <laughs> no, I think Dexter would have just come out. <laughs> anyway, you got anything that you want to promote last minute or any? Um, yeah, I actually do. Far away. Federal bar coming up. Um, I think next Wednesday and then the twenty fourth. Oh, this will air the- after that. <laughs> after the 24th of July. No, no it'll yeah. air before that. It'll be on. So I'm a month after. Yeah. So July 24th. Uh huh. Come to the Federal Bar and know that it's crazy. It's, it, it's actually you're, you're really performing cool the Federal Bar on but July. I'm, I'm headlining Federal, that gig. You're headlining on the 24th? On the 24th. Where Where is the Federal Bar? Federal Bar is North Hollywood at like, like in, near between Magnolia and Chandler. Right on, 24th on of July. Lancaster. 2013 because of these podcasts live for eternity yeah. uh and your website is tom airs dash tom dash airs tom dash airs tom the, the hyphen has da- has the, the minus symbol tom minus the airs tom the line airs you really should do something about that tom airs tom dash airs.com um and um i got something else coming up what do you got coming up I don't fucking know. 
Um, I, I work at Flappers all the time. Call Flappers and come see me. Call Flappers and see if Tom Ayers is see performing. If, you, if I'm there. I'm, um, and come in and support comedy. Come support stand-up comedy. That's right. And if you see Marilyn Rice Gub, Where tell her that you should work with Tom Ayers. I don't, I don't know who that is. That's the Chloe from 24. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. We, we started talking, and then she booked 24 again. It was like they're, they're doing it again. And they're 25 now? No, 12. They cut it in half. They're really doing a half a day. They really are. Is it really 12 now? <laughs> it really is. Oh, okay. Fucking weird. They're going to do half a day. It'll be awesome to see how quickly they get from Las Vegas to Los Angeles. Are they in Las Vegas? No, that just happened in the show. When you oh. watch 24. Right. Uh, the show, 24 doesn't work watching it. It doesn't? Back to back. Like watching it on Netflix. Oh. Because you're sitting there going... Um, oh, they took they, advantage of that time between. Yeah, yeah the week lag. Oh, no. You know, when people had a week to, you know, stew on things. And then next week you could just be like, right. previously on 24. Right. Um, so when you're watching it back to back, like, uh, let's say someone will die at 9 a.m. And by noon, nobody is grieving over them anymore. <laughs> so right. you're just like, didn't his father just die? Like, you would think that he, I mean, that just happened like two hours ago. So you'd think he'd still be a little sad about that. Right. But I, I guess he's moved on. He's dating her now. <laughs> I mean, that's how quickly shit happens in 24, really, and it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't. Um, but the funniest thing is, is being from California, you know, they'll be like, um, they'll come up to, let's say, Kiefer Sutherland, and uh, they'll say, it's the majestic housing track out in Palmdale. And Kiefer Sutherland will go, oh, I know where that is. And he's like, no, you don't. Nobody would know where it is. You don't fucking live in Palmdale. Palmdale's an hour away. And then and then there would be like, you would see the time on there, and they're in North Hollywood, and it's like 8.02 a.m. Mm. Then at 8.09 a.m., they're in Palmdale. Palmdale. And you're just like, it took them seven minutes to drive an hour? <laughs> because they do that a lot. When they, they, when, when they are traveling across town, and they'll make it very obvious, now we're traveling across town, and... And we're going to go to this story while he's traveling across town, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and then they go and they deal with the president and his wife and whatever's happening over there. But they make that so prevalent. They make that so strong mm-hmm. that it makes you go, oh, well, then they, they, they were conscious of that. So they didn't mess it up at all. But you're saying, but like, also if you watch it. You're when you watch it on DVD, you're watching it 44 minutes. Right. No commercials. Right. And the commercials help. Because yeah. they start traveling across town, and then after the next commercial break, which was seven minutes long or whatever right. the fuck it was, and you've peed and gotten some chips and sat back down now, okay, I guess they could have made it to Palmdale right. this time. Right. But on DVD, you're just like, okay. they just left for Palmdale two right. seconds ago. I wanna, I'm going to play my heart. Because you can hear this. I'm sure you can hear it. Well, try moving the – yeah, move that out of the way. Okay, ready? I can hear it in my head, but I can't. All right. So here, I'll, I'll turn up your mic. All right. All right. So sh- I got nothing, man. No. All right. All right. So uh, I'm Vince Roca. I'm Tom Ayers. And for more on the show, uh, visit moron. Get Convinced. Did you just call me Moron? I just called you Moron. For more on the show, visit GetConvinced.com.